Somewhere in Hell's Kitchen, there's a lawyer named Matt Murdock. And he works with his friend Foggy and a woman who's named Karen. At a law firm called Nelson and Murdock, where they help people find justice. But Matt's got a secret at night, he becomes a vigilante. Even though he's blind, he's got these super senses and the training. To beat up the nasty bad guys who are ruining Hell's Kitchen. Matt, he loves his home so much that he puts on his armored costume and pretends that he's the devil as he smashes in their faces he's called daredevil There's a guy named Frank who's shooting people. That guy's crazy. And then Metal Flammer Electro gestures are from out of nowhere. Welcome to the Defenders Podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Oh, we got it right. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> and... Wait a second. Is this really getting to be that easy already? <laughs> it's only taken us like two and a half seasons to get it right. <laughs> um, and, and there's we... only one episode left after this uh, yeah. one, so... Once we've done the one episode, yeah, like, then we can have a... have a re- And then, oh, yeah, it will all be... It will be change and stuff. And as you can hear, we have a very special guest, um, previous feedbacker galore... Um, <coughs> from Denver, <laughs> it's Elizabeth. Yay! Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, as you said, it's kind of you said it was kind of weird talking to us because you listen to the podcast and this is the, your first podcast. So, like all the things that you've ever wanted to yell at us while listening to the episodes, now you can yell at us and we will react. Exactly. It's very strange because usually I'm on the highway <laughs> talking to my <laughs> my radio. And everyone else on the highway is like, what is wrong with that lady? She's yelling at their radio. Just don't make Matt cry, otherwise Mel will get you, just just to be warned. Mel, Mel's oh, spicy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if Matt cries. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I will try not hours, to. By the way. <laughs> just wondering. I've heard Matt cry on previous podcasts. Um, <laughs> when you were collecting your tears to sell to gypsies, Matt. Yeah. That's what I usually do. <laughs> if I'm going to cry, I should at least make a profit. Absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So, obviously, Elizabeth, you have uh, seen, you're up to date on Daredevil. Have you seen the, the final episode as well? I did. There was no way that I was going to wait until, yeah, I do not have the patience of the rest of the team, or, or this team here. I, uh, yeah, I watched it all the day of and then the next day, so, like, by one o'clock on Saturday, I had seen the whole thing. Nice. And then I didn't really watch it again. My husband and I watched the first couple episodes so that he could start watching it, and then we sort of got off track. So this past week, I've been rewatching it just so that I can remember the stuff that I missed. Some Ooh. of it fast forward, some of it real time. Lots and lots of ninjas. So many ninjas. Lots of ninjas. <laughs> and um, we should mention as well that before we start recording, Robin, you mentioned that you, or part of you, has uh, has also seen the final episode. Do you want to tell the listeners? Yeah, list it wasn't this? me. It was Tyler Durden. He <laughs> actually stayed up late last night and finished the show. No, I, I fell asleep. And uh, while I was rewatching this latest episode, I wanted to get one more rewatch in. And then, uh, yeah, I fell asleep. I woke up and Netflix was like, would you like to watch another show? I was like, what? Uh, no? Uh. <laughs> so you watched the last episode and the, the Luke Cage teaser in your sleep. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he must have had some crazy dreams. 
Yeah. I wish I could remember them. I, I, <laughs> I've had lots and lots well, of Game of just... Thrones streams lately. I've had two in two weeks in which I was helping, like, take, like, like fighting for Westeros in my dreams in Game of Thrones. It's very weird. Yeah. I don't know what that means. We've got an episode in half. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had any Daredevil dreams, though, so I don't know what's going on. Um, right. Do you guys want some news? Of course. Okay, so a little bit of news this week. So um, the first bit of news is that there are rumours that Brie Larson will be playing Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel uh, film. Brie Larson from um, The Room, or Room, I should say, not The Room, not the Tommy Wiseau The Room. (laughs) That would be amazing. Um, So, yeah, great actress. Uh, What do you guys think about this? Do you guys have any thoughts on it? Hashtag yes, all breeze. Uh, <laughs> what else name is she been people. I need to know if I've uh, seen I don't her know this person. I don't know what else she's been in apart from Room. What's she been in, Robin? Yeah, I looked her up and... Yeah? Uh, well, Ooh. you guys must have seen Scott Pilgrim, right? Oh, yeah. but I don't remember her in Scott Pilgrim. Who did she play? Oh, Who did okay. she play? Oh, what was the character's name? I'm looking it up right now. Uh... She's been in lots of stuff, though. She uh, wasn't the ex-girlfriend from Clash at Demon Head, was she? The one who's in the band? Was that her? I, oh, no, I think you might be right. I, think I can't remember. I don't remember what she looks like. lead singer of... Of Clash at Demon Head? I can't remember her name in it. I don't know. One with the, the, oh, the one with the, the um, pigtails or whatever? The one whose boyfriend is super, no. Superman. Oh. Yeah, the one with oh, the, the vegan boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. She seems like yeah, a good she, choice. Yeah, I mean... Envy Adams. Envy Adams. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not Amy Adams. Uh, I thought Envy Adams was the the ex of Ramona. Ramona's gay ex. I don't know. No. I haven't seen Scott Pilgrim in so long. No. Okay. It's all about Knives Chow. Come on, Knives Chow is the best in Scott Pilgrim. She's awesome. <laughs> I thought you said Jump Street, Spectacular Now. I thought you said Nice Chow. (laughs) Yeah, Nice Chow. (laughs) (laughs) Knives, Knives, Nice Twin. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, she seems like a good choice. People seem excited. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, meh. You know, I don't mind as long as it's a a good choice. Like, and, (laughs) you know. Rule's already been added to IMDb. Oh, really? (laughs) Interesting. Um, Excellent. In. Other news, it's been confirmed that Hulk is going to appear in Thor Ragnarok, aka Thor 3, and they might be uh, using part of the Planet Hulk storyline, which means we might see the Hulk running around dressed as a gladiator, which delights me. <laughs> I don't actually know the story, but the the Hulk wearing armour is kind of adorable. So, yeah, yeah, and I love that this is going to be the first iteration. Of, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to have like uh, Banner's brain in Hulk this time. Like That would be interesting. Hulk. Yeah. You actually see Hulk, like, talking and stuff. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah, I like, I like, um, I like Hulk. You know, he's cool. Um, I prefer Hulk to Thor. Uh, apparently as well with Thor news, there's no, there's not going to be Thor in Guardians 2. He will not appear. Um, apparently there was rumours he would, and James Gunn has said, nope, not going to happen. But will Hulk? Maybe. He's just going to appear in all the films. Can we just ask James Gunn, like, okay, so, uh, um, is Captain America going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, <laughs> is Daredevil going to be in Guardians of the Daredevil. Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> what was Thor 
have added to Guardian Guardians, really? What would have added besides power. like yeah, like he's a he's the most boring character. Why would you put him in there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you know, maybe they're in the middle of a fight and all of a sudden he you know, gets called in to clean shit up and then has a little like scene where he up. flops his hair oh, around a bit. And then he flies away again. <laughs> yes, sir, we can uh, Who's gonna Who's gonna write a message James Gunn and say, "Will Brett Mahoney be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? <laughs> Claire, I mean, what Claire in there? She yeah, him up. yeah, Claire Temple in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> foggy into Ragnarok. Oh. <laughs> the only thing I want to, the only thing I'm curious about in um, Guardians 2 is what mm-hmm. the soundtrack is gonna be. Yeah, I same. know. Can't wait. <laughs> I also want to know if like Groot's gonna be full sized in it, or he's still growing. So he's kind of like a little, a little kind of adolescent Groot. So he's kind of gangly and not fully grown. <laughs> I kind of want to know that. He's already gangly. I know, but if he's like all kind of, he's got like giant feet and he's kind of uncoordinated, <laughs> like a teenage boy. His character. <laughs> I know. Where he was already. <laughs> this is true. He's just shorter. Oh, group. Oh. Um, and more news. Season three of Agent Carter. Apparently, we've had some details about what would have happened if season three was a go ahead. Um, Hayley Atwell said that there would have been more story with her brother um, and it would have been tied in with her past and there might have been a twist on it. So I'm taking that that her brother maybe isn't dead and is actually Captain Britain. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> But we'll never know. Captain Britain. Yeah, Captain Britain. Brian Braddock. Uh, and then the last bit of news, it's been confirmed that the rights to the character of Namor are back with Marvel. So maybe we'll see him pop up in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I know. Mel, Mel, do you know who Namor is? Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> He's the Aquaman. It's the... Uh, <laughs> guy that names all the babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. He's the Aquaman of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Except he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he's a total jerk. He's got, he looks a bit like Spock. He's got pointy ears. He's, he's Aquaman. He's in love with Sue Storm from Fantastic Four and he's, huh? a, he's an ass. <laughs> Pretty much. What? what? You guys He's Aquaman. He's a jerk. What is he? <laughs> what? He's, he's, he's like Aquaman. But oh. the Marvel version, yeah. Oh. yeah. So he's the emo Aquaman. Yeah. He's got, he's got Vulcan ears and tiny little wings on his ankles. Yeah, where's the wings? I don't understand the wings. So he could fly through the water, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Maybe he'll appear in a future film and it'll be just like the Aquaman cameo in Batman v Superman. So he'll just pop his head out of a cave and go, hello, and then disappear again. Like an eel. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he should be just as ugly as an eel. Aww. <laughs> so now it's time to get into this week's episode. It is episode 12, The Dark at the End of the Tunnel. This was written by Lauren Schmidt Hitchrit. That's such a hard name to say. Lauren Schmidt Hitchrit. Hitchrit. It's not even a real. It doesn't even sound like a real name. (laughs) Hitchrit. And Doug Petrie. And directed by Eurus Lin, who I think's directed like tons of stuff, including Doctor Who. I remember seeing his name for like UK Doctor Who quite a bit. Uh, So we start off this episode with a flashback. It's Little Electra 
fighting several men in a dojo uh, under Stick's tutelage, and she's being watched by a mysterious man. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think of Little, little Electra? She's what? It, it, really, it was really obvious when Little Electra was like, turned first into... showed up, and then she turned into a little Asian woman or something. It was so noticeable because her body just became more mature. <laughs> I, yeah, I did notice. Like, some stunt doubles I don't notice, but I really noticed Little Electra in this episode, and also I noticed Nobu later. I didn't notice any of the others, but yeah, Little Electra turned oh, into a tiny woman. Oh, really? (laughs) What do you think about... um, Obviously, now we know that Electra knew Stick when she was super, super young, um, which isn't from the comics, but that kind of surprised me. I thought maybe they knew each other when they were a bit older, but it seems like she's been there for ages. I thought that was an interesting change, Mm -hmm. although it was a little annoying that they didn't really clarify how he had found her or where he found her or who her parents were. Yeah, so it, it it solved some questions and it added more. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe we'll find out in uh, the next episode, right, Elizabeth? Perhaps. Winky, wink, 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 wink. I like how the opening shot of that flashback, though, is kind of like a clue to like uh, what the big reveal is at the end of the episode. How like she's just like breathing super hard and like simmering with rage and you know you know that's the problem that Electra has, but it's also like kind of the reason why she's the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> she's the boy who lived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, this is awkward, but the actor who played Stick was totally copying her feel on that little girl. Yeah. Oh, what? I didn't notice yeah, that. He held her from behind, and he was like, "I was like, oh, those hands are kind of high." No, and then and then they zoomed in, and he went even higher. I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> away from that I think he was just calming her down, Matt. I Wasn't know, he? By groping her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have boobs yet. Yeah, she no, was like she, she was like five years old. <laughs> Whatever. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, she, did. she was totally oh, no. like preteen little little bud boobs. Oh. <laughs> I think she's like I think this actress is so cute. This actress, she is. like, and I think she did a really good job. Oh God, no! <laughs> oh, Mel. Well, now I'm never going to be able to watch that scene again. Thanks, Mel. She looked uh, she looked more more Asian than Electra does, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think she I think the actress is. Um, I think her name's Lily Lily Chi. I don't know. I have to find out. Um, also, also, this uh, flashback uh, brings us uh, uh, Lawrence Mason, uh, yes. a great '90s character actor who I love the most as Tintin in The Crow. Oh yeah, I forgot he was Tintin. Tintin. Nice. Do you know his name uh, in this episode, Robin? He has a name. I yeah, it's uh, it's. Should I say it? I'm not sure if it's actually revealed in the script. Oh, uh, it's revealed. It is revealed in the script. Yeah, so you can say it. Yeah, star. I immediately thought it was Stone, but it's Star. No, his name's Star. Like uh, like the girl out of uh, the Lost Boys is <laughs> the only other star I can think of. Um, but we'll get to Easter eggs later as to why he's called Star because there is a reason. So in present day, Electra is fighting Stick in the the library. Uh, and Stick confirms that he tried to have Electra killed. She manages to strangle Stick before Matt uh, jumps in and stops her. 
And then we get ninja attack. A lot of my notes, by the way, this episode say, uh, at the end of the scene say, and then we get ninja attack. Because <laughs> every episode, every light scene. Yeah. You never get enough ninja attacks. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, Mount... Mel briefly looked away for one moment, and then when she looked back, Electro was stabbing some guy through the eye with her side, and she thought it, she, had, she thought that she had stabbed Daredevil. <laughs> wow! Oh God, Daredevil just died. <laughs> oh, luckily he's blind. Oh, you should have totally played that up, Matt. Totally. <laughs> Elizabeth, were you were you happy that you? Because obviously the episodes were quite random. Were you happy to get such a ninja-heavy episode? Are you a fan of the the ninja stuff? I'm not a super fan of the ninjas. I like more of the Matt and Foggy and Karen type scenes, mm-hmm. but um, it was still interesting that they had the plot actually moving along on this one and finding out what was going on behind the scenes and why they had the giant hole. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was kind of cool. So even though I'm not, I mean, I've been collecting comic, uh, Daredevil comic books since I was uh, about 13 or 14. So High five. There have been a lot of ninjas ended out of the, the thing, so I wasn't surprised. Although I was a little bit confused on how Matt found them, because yeah. when last scene, they had uh, the, the car drove up with some half-dead people, and someone had dying words saying that he needs you, but it didn't really say go to address X. Go to secret underground library. The best part about the ninja plot, it has something to do with Daredevil. <laughs> That's true! <laughs> wow, there's some bitterness in that comment, Robin. I mean, at this point in the series, I'm like, kind of like, what the fuck? Why are why are why are we doing this other plot? It's nothing. It's not Daredevil. It's it's a, it's a Punisher show. I, who cares? Oh yes, <laughs> that I can see. Daredevil and ninjas go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, it's not yeah. Well, d- depending <laughs> whose run it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. I love the bit where the lights... It's just after, actually, the Electra stabs the guy through the eye and twists the side, which was pretty brutal. The lights go out, and you just hear the ninjas go, and scurry away like little mice. It really made me laugh for some reason. Yeah. Um, actually, when I, when yeah. I rewatched that scene, I'd forgotten that they had stolen Stick. So when Electra turned, uh, like, did the, um, the match to be able to see again, I was like, well... Neither Stick nor Matt is going to need that. <laughs> like, they, they're both blind, but then uh, I was just like, oh yeah, that's right, Stick's out there. And Matt doesn't, doesn't necessarily know where the ninjas are, so yeah, it made more sense. Though. Um, and then Matt and Electra are going to race to kill slash save Stick. And Electra kind of shows that it's all still a game to her because she has a big smooch with Daredevil. One of the things I thought was kind of neat on this was that Matt... Um, was willing to go and like he was willing to forgive Stick for the having left him because she brings up well he left you mm-hmm. he says that uh, that uh, Stick saved him when he was at his his darkest hour kind of thing and, and brought him out of himself when he was a kid and she's like yeah but then he abandoned you and um, I wonder if Matt's comment about it I don't care what he did I still want to save him would have been the same if he hadn't found the bracelet that he had made him mm. last season. Which suddenly made it clear, oh, okay, he didn't leave because he didn't like you. He left because he liked you too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And the one thing highlighted, I think, in this episode more than ever is both both Electra and Matt have just as bad as each other daddy issues. They have so yeah. many daddy issues between them. Um, both interwoven with stick. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like his children. It's, I don't know. 
It's, yeah. Um, so in the next, so then we get the credits, and then the next scene, the police are still pulling bodies out from the harbour. Uh, Brett and Karen are discussing Frank possibly escaping. Um, and then we see a line of body bags on the dock. There's loads of body bags, and we see this one particular blonde dead dude. Um, oh, and Brett confirms that he's now demoted Karen's guards to, like, they're working out of Yonkers. Because we were saying that they were a bit rubbish. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I wonder if that blonde guy is going to come back. Hmm. Yeah, right? I seem to agree that they're rubbish, though. She's like, no, I feel guilty now. Yeah, well, it is her fault. Yeah, but <laughs> they were shitty, though. They went downstairs. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they just went to get a coffee or something. They're like, hey, don't worry, we're going to protect you. We'll just be downstairs outside of the building. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Matt and Foggy meet up in the the office. Uh, I drew a little broken heart for this scene because I was like, ah, uh, because they <laughs> confirmed that Nelson and Murdoch is no more, and it made me really sad. Well, the scene yes. was kind of like, remember this show? <laughs> remember <laughs> we had like an office and we had conversations between the characters that that are the main characters. Yeah. And we helped each other. <laughs> It kind of ties in as well with the thing that I, I wish they'd done this. Like, it, I wish we'd had a full season of Nelson and Murdoch being Nelson and Murdoch, because when they the way they're talking, they're like, "Oh, I can't believe it's it's over." And I was like, "Well, you barely began, <laughs> you know, like Nelson and Murdoch. It yeah, kind of barely began." Thing where it's like, oh, sorry. No, go on. Uh, There's also this thing where like Matt was like, "Oh, you're the heart of the office. You know, you don't you didn't consider it as just like business or whatever." Whereas I'm like remembering in the the first season when Wesley comes in with that giant check, he's like, oh, "Yeah, let's take the check." <laughs> who cares about who this guy is? But Robin Foggy has grown. Kind of the heart of the office. <laughs> this this episode shows that Foggy has grown and he has matured. He paid the bill through the month, the electricity bill. I was like, "Good on you, you're a grown up," and he is able now to take praise. You know, he says, "I'm you know I'm able to take praise and I am." You know, I am good at my job. And I was like, yeah, good on you, Foggy. I'm glad you can take praise and you're not just, you don't just see yourself as Matt's sidekick. No, I mean, you know, it, it was implied that it wasn't, it wasn't for the money for Foggy. Yet, even in the beginning of the season, it was, it, he's like, hey, we can't, <laughs> we, we can't, we can't pay the bills with pies. <laughs> <laughs> I would think, though, like in all the flashbacks, even of them at college, Foggy kind of jokes about them making money and all this, but it was always like, Matt going, oh, we should do this, like, pro bono and not make any money. And Foggy's like, no, we should make money. And then Matt's like, oh, no, come with me. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, go on. So I, I think, like, there's... I, I, <laughs> I think Foggy likes to joke it's all about the money, but it's not really... Come on, Robin, come on. Let your cold heart melt. We've never, we've never had, like, Matt go, like, oh, geez, you know, we're going to get paid for this? Or what, what's going on? <laughs> it's always Foggy that says that, so me, yeah. I think Matt is the hard Matt's living on, like, uh, Electra's money right now, though, that big check she gave them. And he wanted to give it back. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can't take this. I still don't know how he affords his apartment. Well, I don't know. Maybe his, uh, maybe his landlord does take pies. Because <laughs> even then, that first episode where he shows like Karen the apartment, he's like, "Oh yeah, no one else wanted the apartment because it faces that giant, you know, lit up billboard." But I was like, "It's still a corner apartment in Manhattan. There is no way no one would want it." In New York, like New York apartments are probably yeah. 
Like, okay, I'm going to tell you now, I love following, like, crazy um, letting ads for London of just showing how expensive it is to let stuff in London. I've seen ads that are like, there was one where someone was letting out a bed in their kitchen, not even a room, it was a bed in their kitchen, and it was like £700 a month. In the kitchen? In the kitchen. In the kitchen, Mel. There was another one where someone was letting out a shed in their lounge so in their living room there was a shed and that had the bed in it so when you had to go to bed you'd have to walk into the lounge your your roommates are watching telly and you have to go i'm just going to bed now in my shed like 800 pounds a month <laughs> so i do not believe matt could afford this apartment no way <laughs> I, I think I'm leading more towards what Mel is saying. He probably went and talked to the landlord, and the landlord's like, listen, I like money, and I like peach cobbler. So <laughs> peach cobbler, you say? Hmm, okay. I can make a deal here. What <laughs> yeah. a giant stack of bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, who on earth ate all those bananas? Because that was a lot of them. So... So is Matt's landlord a, like a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Gorilla Grud. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chimpanzee smoking a cigar. Oh, if it was a chimpanzee dressed as a bellboy, that would be the most adorable thing ever. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as Matt meets his landlord, he's like, "Now listen to me, man cub." <laughs> surrounded by apes. You've got <laughs> this. You've got his landlord. It's just you obsessed with like apes and monkeys, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> so I I love this scene. I think it's really sweet. I'm like, oh man, Foggy. Oh, I wanted them to to hug, and they didn't. I was like. Hmm. Um, also, we get a nice detail of maybe, maybe we get that nice detail that Matt is using a braille map. I like that little attention to detail. It's cool. Um, and then Matt says, hey, Foggy, did you want me to convince you? And then Foggy is is like, well, I hoped you would, but I'm kind of glad you didn't. And then I drew another little broken heart because <laughs> all my feels. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I thought it was kind of neat, though, because you actually do hit situations like that in your life where you're like, I don't want to let go, but at the same time, it's probably best if I do. Yeah, you have to walk away. Mm. Absolutely. You know, Foggy's got to take care. Foggy's got newfound self-esteem. He's got to take care of himself as well. You know. Uh, good for him. Good for you, Foggy. You're the MVP of this episode, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so then we see Daredevil is entering the subway to go and track the hand. We get that cool shot where it's kind of looking up the 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 manhole cover, and then I wrote in my notes, "Superhero landing," because thanks to Deadpool now, it's just like, oh look, Daredevil's doing a superhero landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't um, seen one for a while. I really love that stunt. That'd be a fun stunt to do. Yeah, it was really I, cool. I, I would love to do that. I would love to jump down into a hole and, like, brace myself against the wall and, like, slowly slide down so I don't just drop and die. <laughs> I'm sure you could try, Matt, but I don't know if it would go that well. You could do it. I could do it. I've seen you do stunts on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mel's evil laugh. <laughs> yeah. I love the image at the end when he um, is down there and the light's beaming down on him from above. Yeah, it's great. Then he re- then he realizes he's in the wrong tunnel and he can't get back out. I was like, I know. I'm like, how is he supposed to get up though? It looked really cool, but there is no ladder. <laughs> Wait, this is a real subway. Ah! 
<laughs> that's not heaven. That's the sea train. <laughs> that's the dark of the mm. uh, So back at the New York Bulletin, Ellison confronts Karen about the boat explosion. Um, and how come she's managed to escape uh, unscathed from Frank Castle three times? And then he manages to convince her to continue the story. And I did laugh when she said, he said, I know that journalism is a new thing to you, Karen. I wrote in my notes. Ha ha ha. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's very new. Yeah, he's all like, it's not going to write Sunday's paper. It's like, when did it suddenly become Karen's job to fill, uh, fill print in your newspaper, man? Why don't you do your job? And, uh, you know. Yeah, he's an editor. He doesn't yeah. actually write anything anymore. Yeah, he just yells Maybe at people. They're, they're trying to uh, rename the subway again, or whatever the hell that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That out every year, right? Wouldn't it be great if he was on the phone, and you could just hear yelling down the phone, he's on the phone, he's like, oh, that guy, you know, my um, my equivalent over in that other paper, oh, he's such an ass, and it's because it's J. Jonah Jameson, like, yelling down the phone at him. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, wait, before we leave this? Oh, yeah, uh, sure, good. Yet again, Karen made some hints about her past, which I was like, what is your past? Why did we get into that story? I want to know what happened. <laughs> Tell and us. It made me actually go back to the previous episode where you guys were talking about what it actually said in the mm-hmm. articles that was in the folder. And I was like, what was all that filler? And in case anyone's interested, the oh, background yeah. article had filler from Moby Dick, and the front article, the, after the first half of it, had filler from War of the Worlds. Ooh. Okay. So like, what is well, the rest is that part of the story? What is that? And then I was like, I it looks like something real, so I typed it in and, and did a, a Google search. And I was like, hey, <laughs> text for actual novels. Well, they were both no actually one... read by Orson Welles. Maybe the uh, they include Moby Dick. Maybe that was like a nod to Charlie Cox being in Moby Dick because he was in um, the oh, version what? of it a few years ago. He was um, uh, Ishmael. With, I can't remember who was Ahab in it. Oh, because it was the one with Gillian Anderson in as well. Um, who was Ahab? Oh, William Hurt was Ahab, I think. I think it was that one. Yeah, but I don't know what War of the Worlds would be, a, you know, a nod to. Hmm. I just hmm. assumed it was things that they didn't have to pay rights for. Probably, yeah. That's probably There's probably yeah. nothing else to it. Uh, I'm looking too <laughs> far. the actual easy right answer. <laughs> Um, so Karen needs to find a personal contact who knew Frank before he was the Punisher. At this point, did you guys go, oh, I hope that Colonel Clancy's going to come back? Mm. Figured he would. I was like, I was just thinking, it's so nice to see uh, Clancy Brown as a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was you know, actually... that never happens. <laughs> well, He's a nice guy in Spongebob. Myself, I was like, how did I convince myself that no, Clancy not. Brown was just this one-off <laughs> character that they put on the stand, and uh, he just stayed in there for one episode, and he's just a nice guy who's going to talk nice about Frank, and that's it. It's like, <laughs> duh. I just felt like, duh. He's a nice guy in uh, Sleepy Hollow oh. in the one episode. <laughs> Well, and as a ghost. He's been a ghost several times in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, well, there we go then. He's a nice ghost, so, you know. I was going to say he was a nice guy in Shawshank Redemption. I was like, no, hang on a second. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he was really, really not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Sleepy Hollow made me um, not think of him as a bad guy, so that's how it ended up sneaking up on me, where I was just like, oh, I can't believe they stuck it up on me. He's usually a bad guy, but Sleepy Hollow made me think the other way. Mel, are you saying that Clancy Brown was not a good guy in Carnival? He was a man of God, Mel. 
<laughs> I should say this comes from Matt Mel and I covering two seasons of Carnival with Clancy Brown as a very bad man. Um, yeah. One of these days you need to watch that. Oh, it's so good. So good. He's amazing. It's on in my it. Sunday list. Nice. You can go back and listen to our very old podcast, Carney Cast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great fanfic on there, too. Oh, yeah, the great fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> so Daredevil is exploring the abandoned tunnels and then um, a a pack of ninjas uh, creep up on it. Would they be called a pack? I don't know. A posse of ninjas creep up on him. And a Matt's, murder of ninjas. A murder of ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> Matt can hear the blades swishing. Um, and then one of the ninjas drops his blade but gets a punch in and then Matt follows the blood dripping off the fist. I didn't understand why they didn't all jump on him once they had him down. Because it's it's like, you know, it's rules in a film that you can only fight one-on-one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, like the man and the women can't fight, the women have to fight each other. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So... My, my comment on this scene was, uh, <laughs> where's Vincent? Yeah. Oh. It was a total Beauty and the Beast tunnels sort of look. I, whenever I see anything in tunnels, and I mean, there's a quote later I'll get to, I'm expecting Vincent to turn up, I'm expecting Angel to turn up. From Angel, the turtles. The turtles. The turtles. Oh, totally, the yeah. turtles. Seems they're in the yeah. same universe. Um, yeah. You know, like everyone I'm expecting to turn up. There was actually a mention on Den of Geek where they were talking about Easter eggs and they said that Raphael is basically like a, a non-sexy Electra because he wears red and carries size. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, that's crazy. <laughs> Look, he's not Donatello. He's my favourite. Uh, so Raphael's my favorite, so watch what you're seeing. Oh, okay. oh, also he is Chris Brewster's favorite, so you know. <laughs> so Karen goes to visit Colonel, as I put in my notes, Colonel Clancy Crab, because he's Colonel Clancy Brown, but he's also Mr. Crab, so he's Colonel Clancy Crab. Um, and also I can't pronounce his character's name because it's like Colonel Schnuver. Schnuver. Um, I still can't say it, Robert. It doesn't matter how many times. Shunova. 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 Yeah. (laughs) To get some facts on Frank. Um, And then Karen comes to a realisation. At which point did you go, oh, Clancy Brown's a baddie. I should have guessed. I didn't even realise. Oh, really? I didn't get it. I was like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I think... Guy, like I thought the guy in the bandage on the bed, I thought that was uh, the Punisher. So I was confused. I was like, why? Why did he used to be a blonde? <laughs> I did not look at the two people standing. All I looked at was the guy in the bandages, and I was like, okay, the Punisher is injured, okay? And there's two random dudes. And I just, like, my mind filled it in that it was like, the colonel and someone else, some random other dude. And had no one, just a buddy. Actually, the first time I saw it, I, I saw it that way too, the first time too. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't until I rewatched it that I was like, oh, that's him standing next to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like I didn't see it at all. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I just didn't. My mind just filled it in. <laughs> I was excited that it was. That, that it's that it's Clancy like Clancy Brown of course like I said I was it, it, I was saying duh of course but that was just because of TV conventions like nothing that we got us this far led us to believe that Clancy Brown would have anything to do with this mm-hmm. and then when they showed the guy in the picture I was it was I was thinking about how like last week we were talking about 
of the t- typical blonde henchman in charge of, like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever happened in Kandahar, we were, I don't think we were given any sort of hints at all of what happened. So I'm not sure how much of a... We got that moment where the blonde henchman, like, called out Frank, like, it's been a long time, Frank, or something. So we know that he knew yeah. Frank. Um, but, yeah, we yeah. didn't really get any any hints to, to what happened in Kandahar. Um, yeah. One of my notes for this, this scene was that with because Kazi Brown has the, like, all prosthetic hand, it's the thing that you always get in films where they haven't CGI'd it. They're just use, using practical effects where one arm is really long because you've obviously he's holding... Huh. The hook yeah. with that hand, so they they do quite a good job. But you can see like his one arm is clearly longer than the other because he's got the hook you know, on top of it as well. It's like what you have in um, the movie Kingpin. I remember like that finding really distracting as well with Woody Harrelson. But he does quite a good a good job because he's kind of covering it up with his other hand for most of it. Yeah, they try to keep it out of frame. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what the purpose of it was, other than the story of his getting his arm blown off back in in the fight and that's why he couldn't command back at the day but it didn't really add to the story other than kind of maybe having a wink at ooh he's the bad guy because he's the one armed man which mm-hmm. I didn't catch until the second time I watched it through yeah very um like the fugitive <laughs> they're very fugitive yeah, exactly. yeah yeah it might be just that you know that he it, part of the reason that he's now this bad guy is because he's bitter about his injuries but I mean they don't really do it that but I thought it was just, you know, he's he's like the James Bond villain, and all James Bond villains have, you know, some scarring or something missing or something, like, it, every single one. So I think, like, you're right, it's just to show that he's kind of the bad guy. Um, uh, in my notes, I no longer have the blonde guy referred to as Blondie Scarface, which is what I was calling him. He's now Gosnell, because we know his name's Gosnell. Uh, this is when Clancy Brown pulls the gun on Karen... It's sort of funny how he suddenly knows that she knows. Yeah, I don't know how he knows that she knows. The government changes. Like. <laughs> well, she stiffens up a little bit, but she has her back yeah. to him, so I don't know how... She was staring at the ho- She was staring at the picture. He was talking about, like, uh, his henchman, and then she's like, uh, it's it's late. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Like, she, he knows that she knows. Yeah. She figured it out. Yeah. It just seems, like, really quick. Although she did stop what she was saying while she was staring at the picture, but I just, it could have been just like, oh, look at the Frank. He looks so different when he wasn't psycho. <laughs> um, I have to ask as well, Robin, at this point, how disappointed were you that we did not get uh, Blake Smith? The Blake Tower Smith? Blake Smith. <laughs> <laughs> as you have been predicting. Who knows? He may be the guy that's, that he's going to have to face with all those guns uh, that has something to do with Kandahar. No, probably not. Although I'm <laughs> hoping that it's like, like I'm hoping... Uh, okay, this is this is like a theory I have that's definitely not going to pay off, but would make this all worth it. That uh, Frank and uh, Shunover got into some sort of shit in uh, Kandahar, where they end up murdering an innocent person's family, and that person turns out to be the real Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, the Mandarin at the end of the series. The guy pierces his, and is like, "It's me." I'm Hooray! The I'm the real Mandarin. But he's still played by Ben Kingsley because those uh, ter- those terrorist videos were pretty. And also, Ben Kingsley is a delight in Iron Man three. 
so meanwhile, Daredevil is following uh, the sounds of blood uh, to a ladder, and then and then ninjas attack, which is what happens in every scene. So, what did you guys think about um, H- Hichiro torturing Stick with uh, bamboo under the fingernails? Because I screamed. He did look like Wolverine. He looked like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, there's Wolverine. He's like, don't worry, I'm turning you into a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that female Wolverine villain. Oh, um, Lady Deathstrike. Nice. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was thinking of her. Oh, oh. it was so gross, I had to look away. So <laughs> painful. And he sounded so realistic on, on, well, not that scene, but the next one when it continued to torture him and oh, this, the breathing and, and the sounds of pain. Ugh, yeah. Sounds of the sticks going into his... Uh, Ooh, oh, yeah, that's horrible. Really gross. So, meanwhile, Colonel Clancy has forced Karen into the car uh, into her car and makes her drive. Um, he's the, the heading somewhere, but they're stopped by another car slamming into them. Um, but before they start driving, when they turn on the radio, Earth, Wind and Fire is playing. I love that. It's so good. And Karen's like, what the, what the hell? What? So he just like got in her car and hung out for a bit? I guess so. <laughs> turned the radio on to let her know that he's he's around. Yeah, exactly. What if, now that he is like the Punisher, or he's got all his guns at the end of this episode, every time he kills someone, his calling card is Earth, Wind and Fire? He just leaves that on the scene? Yeah. Just playing? A, a, a fan, or... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm the Punisher, no matter who you are. <laughs> he loves disco. I love that. I, I I would love to see a scene of him climbing into uh, her car to turn on the radio and everything, and then all of a sudden there's a gunshot that goes off in the house because that exactly was not his plan. <laughs> yeah, I already know that Clancy Brown was gonna force her into the car and make her drive off. Yeah. So Stick is still being tortured, but then he laughs because he realizes Daredevil is there, and then Electra turns up. Um, Stick totally rips the guy's throat out with his teeth. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And Matt finally got to hear Stick tell him that he was proud of him. Oh, so sweet. And they have a hug. Oh. Yes. Oh, it's so cute. Um, Matt catches Electra's sigh midair, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and we keep, this is when Nobu appears and he keeps referring to Electra as it. So I want to know what you guys thought was going on at this point. I thought they were being very demeaning. <laughs> They're like, it, woman. <laughs> it's yeah. like... The only woman there. <laughs> Nobu's just a giant sexist. Yeah. <laughs> I oh. want to know what they're going to do with that giant sar- sarcophagus that they were putting blood-, blood into. He's making blood cookies, I told you. It's his blood cookie cookie jar. Or to her as a bat. Mm, maybe. It's, a, it's his blood cookie what? jar. He's making blood cookies. The next scene is a flashback with little Electra and she's boxing and then a fellow student attacks her because... It's, and it, be, it's the guy it, she was beaten in the face. Yeah, but he like goes full on, I'm going to kill you. It's like, calm she down. She almost killed him. I know, it yeah, fair like, enough. It looked like they set him on her and yeah. he was basically, with pleasure. No, I, I think it was her. just revenge because she nearly killed him. Yeah, but then you see Stick and that other dude discussing afterwards. <laughs> I found it... Earlier, the uh, the scene, I thought she had actually killed him earlier, so then this scene was confusing to me because um, she had already had that conversation with Stick where he's just like, yeah, you really shouldn't be killing your fellow teammates and stuff like that, like, um, and you don't want them to be scared of you. And uh, then later on, the guy sneaks up on her and kills her. But like, oh, okay, so did so this scene happen between those two conversations? Or oh, okay. 
second guy, or but then this guy was obviously dead, whereas the first guy, it looked like she got pulled off of him. So it that whole you shouldn't kill your friend or your your teammates conversation. When I first heard it, I thought she actually had killed him, and now. Hmm. This is right after Nobu shows up, so I was like, oh, so that was little Nobu, you know? And, <laughs> and then he, then, then she murders him, and I'm like, that's the first time he died. <laughs> <laughs> he dies once a year. <laughs> Tell me it's wrong. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's wrong. wrong. It's, it's wrong, Robin. It's wrong. My uh, question here also was, are the chase really good guys? I mean, if they're willing to kill each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Stick totally to kills Star. Like, poor Star. Yeah. Yeah. He's letting the emotions get in the way. I kind of wonder if if this took place before or after Stick had been training Matt. Because, like, in the later scene, Electra does say you'll train someone else. But, I mean, Matt and Electra seem to be about the same age. So I wonder if this is before and part of, like, this happens. And then, you know, after this is the scene where Matt makes him the little ice cream bracelet. And that's when Stick is like, oh, crap. You know, can't get too close and everything. I'd like to know, like, how, when stuff takes place, like, in order. Yeah, I was wondering that, too. Because mm. they look, she looks about nine here, I'd say. I don't know. I don't know how old the children are. It was certainly <laughs> very touching to see Stick, like, having, this, uh, having to abandon Ellie with his, you know, his family. Yeah. Yeah. It's really... It's a horrible fate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... This is where... Be back to kill you. <laughs> yes, don't worry. I'll be back. Wink. I think Scott Glenn is so good in this episode. Like, he's not just his usual sarky self. I think we can really see some regret in the character. Um, and I like that. And I do believe him when he says he's proud of Matt. You know. And it's just such a sweet little moment. And then he goes back to being like, ah, whatever. Um, so Nobu flat out tells Electra she is the black sky. Robin, go. I was like, Robin's going to have thoughts on this, and I want to know what they are. <laughs> the black guy. Sorry? They, they, they say that in, in the first season, they did say that when Stick killed the black guy, the little kid, um, I mm-hmm. think Nobu, because when Nobu's yelling at Kingpin about it, I think he says, like, they are extremely rare, so there is more black skies. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There's more than one. She's yeah, like the adult me. version. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where, because I was thinking maybe there was only one at a time, and then I was like, well, then why was the other kid around if she's the black sky too? And um, But yeah, if there's more than one, just that they're rare, that makes more sense. I don't you understand. Know, oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, the black sky we saw in the first season, it, it almost seemed like there was something supernatural about him. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe it's because he's accepted he's the black sky. So maybe if Electra accepts that she's the black sky, maybe after getting pumped full of a sarcophagus full of blood. <laughs> yeah, like a sense to her badness. Yeah, yeah. We so should why say... Why all of a sudden decides to... Um, sorry. No, 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 go on, go on. Between, why did he suddenly send people after Electra to kill her, though? Was it because the, the, um, the hand were getting too close, or was it because she said that she wanted to stay with Matt, or... It didn't really make sense that he was trying to keep her on the side of good all this time, and then he sort of mocked. I think maybe he thought she was corrupting Matt, or maybe he's aware that she killed that guy in Matt's um, apartment. Yeah, you know, the baby matter. ninja. So she yeah. still... He felt... Yeah. Yeah, he's... Because I kind of 
kind of got the impression that she'd killed a bunch of people in the meantime, while like after he dropped her off with the family and before he to meet Matt the first time in college. And then since then, it, it just seemed like throughout her life, she's probably been killing people. So why all of a sudden killing one guy that now she's out of control? Mm. I think I would have liked it better if like he sends her, he sends her to that adoptive family um, and she cools her heels and pretty much just kind of puts all of the rage out of her mind and tries to be a normal kid. But then, you know, this meeting with Matt is what brings her back. Into that's yeah. That's what I figured. Um, yeah. But Stick sent her to, to meet Matt in college. But yeah. If Stick sent her, then he, so obviously for some they reason, yeah. It wasn't like he dropped her off and then didn't see her again until he came to save her after she got cut. Well, I think Stick <laughs> sent Matt because, uh, sent Electra to get Matt because by that point Stick had abandoned Matt. He hadn't got that close and he knew the kind of war, whatever was coming. So he sent Electra to sort of bring Matt back into the fold. He in didn't, college. he didn't, yeah, he didn't go and get, Matt because because of there's that closeness so he didn't you know so he sent her to do it and maybe he thought so, they'd be a, a good um, influence on each other exactly I think he's you know we're all thinking that uh, he sent Electra to maybe uh, get Matt to get back into the, the war or whatever no he sent her to Matt because Matt would be a good influence on mm-hmm. her unfortunately that didn't work oh okay that's the opposite of what I was thinking yeah, that, well, that's the thing. Like, that was the opposite we were thinking all season, and now I'm. It, to me, it seems that way. It seems like why would he send her to Matt? Uh, other, other than because, yeah, because Electra might have been getting dangerous, and yeah. Maybe he saw know. as well that Matt needs is someone who needs to make these connections, and even though in terms of with stick that would be dangerous maybe he thought because they've had such similarities growing up that if he saw that there was almost like a uh the similarities between the two of them and and electra saw that then that might temper any darkness with inside her if you know what i mean Mm. but i think it's a bit naive on sticks a sticks behalf to think that but then stick is also clouded with emotions anyway maybe he thought that they'd balance each other out. Maybe yeah. More violent and her less violent. Yeah. He definitely sent for Matt. I mean, I, the way that I interpreted the end of the last episode when he said go, he sent his, his minions off to go and do something and they ended up collecting Matt anyway. Um, I thought that he was sending them to get Matt because he would be a calming influence on Electra who was coming to kill him. At least mm-hmm. that was the way I was interpreting it. So by the end of this episode, I, I kind of felt that that was really the, the, what he was trying to do well they also say that like like matt believes that if electra killed stick that would be her point of no return um and matt is aware of that so that's why he's kind of able to talk her down yeah but i think stick probably thought that too yeah that's why he sent Matt to get him yeah so much more interesting than you know there's a thing that happened in kandahar that nobody knows anything about you don't know what it what it was yet robin if it ends up being part of Daredevil storyline, I'll be actually interested. That was where Daredevil um, took uh, Juice the Devil Dog um, on their first trip sure. together. Yeah. Um, uh, if if Clancy Brown pulled off that sleeve and there was a fucking minigun under it, then it... <laughs> Clancy Brown is uh, the Winter no, Soldier. He's a big bad that gets killed in a car crash. Well, beaten in a car crash. He did not get killed in a car crash, Robin. We'll Murder get there. Look, and... look. There's no skipping ahead on this podcast, Robin. Just saying. Right? I thought it was skipping ahead. This is a strange 
thing for me to notice, but when he got shot in the head, I like I I reacted to the to the fact that he made a noise. Like usually people get shot in the head silently because you know their brain just yeah. get destroyed, but he's just like he gets shot in the head. He's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would make a noise though, because you know, wouldn't air leave you or something? Well, that I don't know. He he was like in the middle of talking and and he just went ugh. Because your body really still makes noises that. even when you're dead. Like corpses make noises. You roll them over and they gurgle and. Let air escape I think and he stuff. made it before the bullet actually hit him. I, he, I, 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 I just watched this. He, he like reacts like, Ugh! you know, and then it, <laughs> he sees that he's going to kill him. Oh, oh, maybe. maybe, I don't know. What did you anyway, guys think I, of, uh, oh, go on. Sorry, Matt, go on. I, the whole Electra chosen one thing mm-hmm. didn't really work for me. I don't really understand it or like it. I don't know. She oh, just wow. seems like a normal human to me. One of the things I want I, I like also, with this scene, the ninjas they 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 say they seem to serve her. They say, but that didn't stop them from trying to kill her the the entire rest of the season. Yeah, because there's other ones. <laughs> they what? were losing her to the light side. They were losing her to the chase. So let's like scrap her and move on to the next little kid in a box. <laughs> well, they hadn't figured out who she was either. Is really, she, you don't think I, so? I I, I, I thought until Nobu knew all along. Oh, I thought that that nobody knew until Nobu just now suddenly was just like, oh, okay, it is blah blah blah. Because otherwise, why were they torturing Stick? I don't know. To find out who who or where the the uh, black sky was, and then suddenly she shows up, and they're like, oh, she's got that vibe vibe about her. Maybe. I I am never a fan of in 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 stories. I'm never a fan of the whole chosen one. There's two things I hate. I hate chosen ones and I hate prophecies. I only really generally like them if there is a spin on them. So, you know, there's been some interesting takes on them. Um, one that pops to my head is in the series Being Human. They did a whole spin on a prophecy where it became a self-fulfilling prophecy, which I much prefer because I find it's it's kind of lazy writing. So I like the fact that it's kind of Electra going against what this prophecy, you know, this chosen one thing says. But I've always preferred that it's um, that people have a choice in the actions they make, not that it's just prophesized that they will do something. Right. And I almost think this is uh, this almost uh, in thinking about is is equated to what's going on in like The Force Awakens, how like uh, like Kylo Ren is dark and is being corrupted by the light side, you know, rather than the other way around. And that's how, you know, how interesting that way of thinking is like, and, and she is inherently filled with rage and just madness and evil and, uh, is constantly being corrupted by good people like sticking that. Mm. (laughs) Corrupted. Yeah. Like her, 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 her nature, her, her actual being is, is, uh, is the black sky. So like they're kind of, it's going against her nature, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did think El- <laughs> I did think Elodie played this scene really well. Um, I liked the. I like because it, it's. I mean, it's it's like ridic- It's a ridiculous situation to be like, oh yeah, you're this ancient ninja weapon. Oh okay, you know. But I think she played it, it very real and really well in kind of her reaction and her realization, and then eventually with Matt giving her the choice and saying, you know, nobody tells you. Who, who you are or what you are, um, and then her going against it. I thought she she played it really well. Oh, you guys you guys are right too. I'm looking at the script and Nobu's like now seeing you fight, seeing you. Mm-hmm. I know you anywhere. You know, yeah. He didn't know. That's cool. Yeah. 
I did think it was interesting that Stick had somehow found her as a kid, even though they didn't really explain it, um, and tried to save her and turn her to the light, um, but hadn't totally succeeded, so therefore he had given up by the time the new Black Sky little kid was around, and so he just killed him. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. I would love to know the backstory of this stick, because he's very different than in the comics. So whether, like, there is a backstory of something that happened to, like, maybe a char an actual child of his. So that's why he has this whole thing of maybe becoming too emotionally attached to his apprentices. And the, the Black Sky thing is not from the comics, is it? No, I was going to say in the Easter eggs, um, Nobu says uh, here that the hand worship a creature called the Black Sky. In the comics, the hand worship a demon called the Beast. Um, but the Beast just sounds silly. <laughs> Uh, I think it doesn't sound yeah, as, as poetic. Like yeah, it doesn't sound as poetic. I don't think as the black sky. Um, and also, I'm not a big fan of the whole beast thing in the comics. I don't know. I, I'm assuming Elizabeth will know what I mean when I say to her Shadowland. Yes, I know. Yeah. Actually, the good thing about Shadowland was that it gave an excuse to have a Daredevil-themed multi-comic book. Oh story yeah. Line. Which yeah. Is the first time I've ever seen any of those. Like he's kind of been peripheral in other people's multi multi-issue uh, things, but... Um, so I, I did like the fact that it was that, but the actual plot I didn't like. Yeah, I wish it was a better story. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, Electra um, and... and uh, oh, go on, Mel. Sorry. Sorry. I just That's didn't right. find... It, I didn't find it believable that just because of these flashbacks that Electra would be like, oh, now I'm going to save you, Stick. It doesn't make sense that all of a sudden these memories would just start flooding back and that she'd be like, all right, I think I'm going to save you. Like, but I don't think she wants to save him for Stick. I think she's doing it for Matt because she yeah, loves yeah, Matt. But, like, it seems like it seems like the memories were all like coming back to, to kind of show like, oh, look, he's this benevolent. Like, he actually did care about you. I don't I didn't see that. I mean, that's interesting. I, I didn't see that flashback from her point of view. I saw it from no, sticks. Neither did I. Yeah. Neither did I. So that's why I didn't, I didn't understand. And I did. I didn't think that she would do it for Matt either. She was like, I'm going to kill you. I would. I'll kill you. I'll kill you to kill him. So she seemed serious. I didn't understand why she would go back on that. I think it's it's still a game to her because like the whole thing, like at the start of the episode, you know, when she kisses him, it's all kind of a game. Now it's become serious and she's sort of saying, oh, black sky is my destiny and all this. And then Matt says to her, no, you can go against your destiny. So even though she feels this darkness within her, he's kind of giving her this one last shot of saying, you know, we can be happy. Like, like they almost did before she killed the little um, baby ninja in that other episode. It's, you know, it's kind of, I think it's kind of sad because you saw it happen there before where he's like, no, you know, I want to be with you and we could be happy and all this. But it didn't end well then because it is her nature. But I think her and Matt, it, particularly, I think both of them are in denial over this. So it's kind of her being like, oh, yeah, well, maybe if I do this, then me and Matt can end, can end up happy. But what she really wants to do is to kill both of them because that's her nature. So I think it's I think it's it is kind of sad. I don't know how much of that is me. I don't know thinking about you know what's just, happening in next episode as well. I just found it kind of out of the blue. It's mm. just like for me anyway. It's very like flip flopping back off what you want to do, yeah. which is why I think she plays it well because I think it's it's very hard to play because 
it's like I'm good, I'm evil, I'm good, I'm evil, but I think it's done like as best as it it could be. I don't think it's entirely successful. Um, but again, maybe that's part of me because I I wish there was more like foggy mat stuff, uh, you know, as well in this episode, like Elizabeth was saying earlier. Go on, Robin. Well, Electra's coming after Stick because, uh, you know, uh, abandonment issues, father issues, uh, and, of course, wanting revenge because out of the blue he sends somebody to kill her. And then, you know, as she's about to do this, it's almost like, again, Star Wars. <laughs> like, like Luke is all ready to, like, murder some emperor, and it's like, yes, that's right, strike me down. Like, Nobu is like, yeah, that's right, it's your destiny. You're, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be with us. You're supposed to be super evil and, and, and lead us. And Electra's like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> well, Matt no, even no, acknowledges, like, yeah. Matt acknowledges that part of the reason she might want to go with the hand is because... They're saying, we will worship you, we'll do whatever you say, we will love you. And all she wants is to be loved. She's just someone who's looking for love. Yeah, and she's going to have all these people that supposedly are, you know, are going to love her for who she actually is, which is for this person that has this huge darkness inside her. Um, but anyway, um, Electra's unable to kill Matt. <laughs> Electra's unable to kill Matt because she has the sword up against him. And that's when he says, you know, kill me. But uh, instead, um, Stick takes one of the, the ninjas out with his little bamboo chopstick thing. And then they all three of them fight the ninjas. <laughs> so, again, ninja fighting ensues. Meanwhile, Karen uh, gets out of the car and follows a trail of blood into the woods. Um, Frank is dragging uh, or has, has got Colonel Clancy in the middle of the woods. And Colonel Clancy is monologuing about Kandahar. Um where Frank did something, but we don't know what. I like the fact that, 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 that Colonel Clancy Brown has this little hut with a secret room full of, as I called it in my notes, Guntopia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually didn't put it together that it was his shed until, like, after they he went into the army. I was like, wait a second, he just found some freaking crazy... Oh, wait, it's <laughs> Clancy Brown's. Right. That's one hell of a coincidence. Wow. We found this in the woods. <laughs> chest armor that looks a little skullish. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of seems to have a skull in it. Yeah. I, I like the fact gonna... that it, it, oh, you. Sorry. Oh no no no! Go I was going to say I assume he's going to paint that so it looks even more skullish. No, he doesn't. What? Or does he? <laughs> it wouldn't be wise for him to do that because then he'd stand out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying whether he does. He's or not. also going to get some white boots and white gloves like the comic book Punisher. Yes. So I have a question on this. Did the colonel plan okay. the bad drug deal in the park just to kill Frank? Yes, please explain. I don't know, because otherwise it's one hell of a coincidence that Frank is the one in the park. So I'm guessing he did it to kill Frank. Because he would have been able to control when and where that meet was going to happen, because he was kind of the puppet yeah. master behind it. And he didn't even turn up anyway. So if it was a coincidence, you would think he would be there, but he didn't even turn up. Okay. Because he obviously knew it was going to go bad. So I assume, yeah, I assume it's... To, to take Frank out. Okay. Which seems like an awful lot of work and blood loss, just <laughs> killing off one person, but... For one man. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like the fact that we kind of... It almost seems like Frank's going to torture the hell out of him, because it's like, you know, there's all this stuff, and then in the end he just takes out his gun and shoots him. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that too. Because it isn't about... It, 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 it isn't about torturing him and all this for frank it is literally about nope i have to kill the guy who killed my family yeah and that's what he's been saying all along yeah but yet there's somebody yeah. else something about kandahar 
the Mandarin. Mm. And I wrote, <laughs> following on from what you've been saying, Robin, I wrote in my notes, this episode is all against, uh, all about apprentices going up against their masters. <laughs> yeah. Because we also have Frank and, and Colonel Clancy, who is the guy who he says he taught him how to shoot. You know, that is his, his, uh, his superior is the guy who, you know, he was his apprentice. So yeah. that's the theme. Interesting. I had, um, now, how does Carrie get Yeah. Uh, maybe she takes Frank's car? I don't know. She's, she's in high heels walking down the road, last we see, in the middle of the suburbs. <laughs> I think she's going to end up going back to the paper, and Allison's going to be like, the story's not done. Get back out there. I want to go home. It's like, no. You think the Sunday edition's going to write itself? I just walked 30 miles. <laughs> I haven't slept in two weeks. I don't care. I was wearing high heels the entire By the way, by the way, Ben Urich. And then the guilt will just make her work because he can just throw that at her at any time. Yes. Here, go use Ben Urich's yeah. office. Meanwhile, everyone to the cube farm is hating your guts. Yeah. You know, the guy you killed. Well, he doesn't know that, but we do. So at the end of the episode, Matt is fighting through the ninjas until it's just him and Nobu. And um, then Nobu falls over the railing. Um, but opens his eyes and says, Daredevil must die. <laughs> I love that ending <laughs> thing. Also, I could really see it like a Nobu stunt double. I don't know who it was. I know in season one, um, Philip Silvera um, doubled for Nobu, I think in the, the big, you know, the big fight scene. Um, I don't know who it was in this scene, but I could, uh, there was a very, a very wiggy wig going on. <laughs> um, I thought. It's, it's, it, it so, yeah. feels odd to have somebody say the words daredevil. They barely ever do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was the first time, like, a, a villain's called him daredevil, wasn't it? I think. It yeah. totally looked like it belonged on a cover. Because it was, like, the closest thing yeah. saying, daredevil must die. I think after I saw that episode, I think I messaged Peter Shinkoda and was like, oh, you've got to say a pretty badass line. Because <laughs> it's, like, such a, a villain line, you know? It's like, the daredevil must die. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the episode, guys. Would you like some Easter eggs? Sure. Yes, please. I think I only have... Hmm, I have... Uh, I have three. Yeah, I think three. Okay. So, um, Electra being the black sky does... is not from the comics, but it does kind of fit with the comics because Electra was the leader of the hand in the comics. So it, it, it fits that she would be part of the hand here. Um, here's one that Matt will probably like. Little Electra does Matt's finishing move in the training scene at the start. <laughs> oh, he's, he's not. And I know how you love Matt's finishing move. Well, yes, he's not so unique anymore. No, Some... so it must be something that Stick teaches all of them. <laughs> he's like, do this awesome finishing move, yeah. And the last one is that, as Robin said, Lawrence Mason in this episode played Star who is a member of the Chaste from the comics. The other members of the Chaste, um, as we've said before, they were Six Stone and Name, but I, I hate to tell you guys, I actually made up that Name was a member of the Chaste. I know you're shocked. That was a lie. The members of the Chaste were Stick, Stone, Shaft, which just makes me laugh because <laughs> I just imagine it being like... chicks. The sex machine, yeah, exactly. I just imagine him being in there. Played by um, Samuel L. Jackson, hopefully, you know. <laughs> for the Marvel connection. Claw, Flame, and Wing. What? Uh, what? Claw, Flame, and Wing? Yeah. Mm. Dr. Claw? 
Claw, Flame and Wing. They're the members of the chase. Later on, there was another member called Spear, but he was a traitor. He went and worked for the Hand, I think, if I remember Back right. Bar, Colleen. <laughs> Colleen Wing. Flaming ch- Chicken Burrito. Where did Earth, Wind and Fire go into... <laughs> Earth, Wind, Fire, and Name. <laughs> the the pacifist member of the chase, as we've as we've established. Oh, Star and Laddie. Okay. <laughs> and Laddie and David. <laughs> and the Frog Brothers. <laughs> oh, I love Lost Boys so much. Okay, so now it's time for some quotes. Uh, Elizabeth, do you have any quotes? Would you like to go first? Sure. <clears throat> Mine is Foggy. Whoever this group is, forget magic. Look for manhole covers. Yeah. It's the turtles. Hooray. <laughs> uh, I have one, which is stick. This is a punch. This is a punch. This is a punch. This is shit. <laughs> Matt, do you have any quotes? Uh, getting shot. <laughs> getting it? shot in the head. Uh, Robin? Actually, I don't have anything. I'm, like, combing through the script. I'll just say, Daredevil must die! <laughs> funny episode. Nice. <laughs> <Mel? Yeah>, not <laughs> a lot of one-liners. No quotes. I have another one. Go ahead. Uh, this one just made me laugh because I thought of, like, all the characters in shows that use subway tunnels to get around, like the Turtles and Angel and Buffy and Vincent and stuff, and it's Matt and Foggy. Um, so Matt says, I thought they might be using the subway tunnels. And Foggy says, only if they're idiots. Subway tunnels are heavily patrolled and dangerous as shit. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> I, I actually found one I wanted to use uh, that I forgot about. Um, it's, uh, well, what are you waiting for? Christmas? Yeah, that was <laughs> like good. That line is so like, such like an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one I liked, which is Electra and Stick, which is, still want to kill me? Yeah, but he'd be pissed. <laughs> that was on my list, too. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not many funny lines. Oh, Elizabeth, go on. Uh, I had, when um, Stick it was dropping off uh, Electra at the uh, the people that were going to adopt her. Um, let's see. Playing someone else, someone fancy. That's a good skill to have in your pocket. And actually, I, I when I was writing my notes, I had put that as... Um, Electra is fancy. Electra and stick, actually, is how I had... So I was just giggling because I was like, oh, I forgot that they said that. The bit where he said to her, he's like, she's saying you'll forget about me, and he's like, forget my Ellie, never. I was like... Oh. He was so much nicer to her as a kid than he was to Matt as a kid. I know! <laughs> Maybe because she was and, a girl. I know. And there's another dramatic scene. It's like, you pushed everyone out of your life, and now you want to put the little that you have left on protecting that broken old man? That broken old man? <laughs> He gave me life when I was when I had nothing, when I was alone. Oh, I like your Matt crying sounds. <laughs> it was surprising to see awesome. him like react that way. Like he gets all torn up about it when Stick gets taken. You know he loves Stick, really. Yeah. Oh, I made him his little ice twisted cream little family. Oh, they're so t- oh, they're so twisted. <laughs> they need like their own show, like the Osb <laughs> the Osbournes. <laughs> Sharon, it's like Matt. Matt, uh, Stick, Electra, Star, Juice the Devil Dog. <laughs> I don't know who else. Uh, the guy that Electra kills. I don't know. Right. Now we have three pieces of feedback. Uh, Mel, i got a little email for you. Hi. Here you go. And Robin, I've sent you a yes. voicemail. Sedna's email is entitled, Hi, I'm Sedna, and my goal is within reach. Hi. So is mine. 
Mm. Major props. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Unforgivable. Um, (laughs) Unforgivable? (laughs) Yeah. It was okay, but it was unforgivable. (laughs) Um, Unforgivable. (laughs) Major major props to Lily T as young Electra who kicks all kinds of ass, and Stick seems to be not so... such of a dick to her as he was to young Matt. Lucky Ellie. Uh, That's just what we were saying, Senna. Uh I wasn't saying that. You did kick out. <laughs> um, so who or isn't... No, so who is or isn't going to kill who now? I can't keep up with this. How convenient that yeah, Foggy's grandpa was a bootlegger with intimate knowledge of subterranean New York City. Of course, abandoned <laughs> tunnels aren't shown on braille maps of the subway. That doesn't run through Hell's Kitchen anyway. Yeah. Quote, did you want me to convince you we could give it another shot? Was hoping you would. Relieved when you didn't. Last step was us both admitting it. Now we're done. And then Sedna says, No, 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 no. This is the third time they've broken up this season. There's something biblical about that. Deny me three times. Who's the Jesus in this story? Oh, sorry. sorry. (laughs) Don't just walk. Oh, he has the hair. It's the the hair, yeah. He needs a beard, too. (laughs) That's the other movie. What? That's the other movie he's in. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Don't just walk away, Matt, you fucking frustrating. Oh, you know the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do. I've not seen Deadpool yet. How dare you, Sedna? But I know a superhero yeah. landing when I see one. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> ha ha, Punisher's an impressionist. Ooh, now Colonel Skrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Okay. All right. Let's let's try to read the rest of this. <laughs> so these ninjas then, their hearts don't beat, but they breathe. Okay. Have you ever watched Buffy? What, what was what did Buffy couldn't? What 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 what's the symbol? Vampires. Angel's heart doesn't beat because he's a vampire, but he can smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. They get out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird, isn't it? Sticks getting a gruesome bamboo torture wolverine manicure. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That's going to be my rating. <laughs> oh, he's proud of him. Cries. It's a horrible, abusive father figure who's somehow redeeming himself. So Electra's the black sky? Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Senda's not impressed with this episode. <laughs> no. Who was the kid in the crate in season one, episode seven, then? Is there more than one? Or did she take over when Stick killed him? Maybe he was... They're like slayers. Maybe he <laughs> wasn't it after all. Someone hasn't thought this through. <laughs> Karen, love, Matt's already given the Punisher the no-killing lecture over and over again. There's no need. Now he can help himself to Blacksmith's mega-stocked shed of free weaponry and a Kevlar vest with a rather familiar skull-like shape on. I love it when a plan comes together. Undead alive again, zombie ninja Nobu's gonna kill our hero then. Yeah, whatevs. <laughs> From Sedna. <laughs> can I make a request? Sedna, could you possibly send in a voicemail of you actually dramatically reading your feedback? <laughs> I know, right? I'd love to hear, like, the amount of emotion that goes... Because I can't imagine uh, people actually understanding us reading this feedback. This has to be for the finale episode. She has to send us a yes. voicemail. Because, yes, yeah, and, you know, and, Yeah, and then I could try to, like, replicate... Maybe I should, I should do my interpretation, and then we can hear this. <laughs> now, here's what she really said. <laughs> nice. Oh, Robin, yeah. uh, are you alright doing voicemail? Sure. You want me to hear, you want to hear my version of Moira's voicemail before I play yes. it? You know what Moira sounds like. Yeah, that's Hi, guys. No, she's uh, got a more deep voice. She's got like a... Uh, Moira has like, like the voice. nicest voice she's ever. Got, she's got a very sultry yeah, voice. She's yeah. Hello, Defenders. This is Dr. <laughs> Moira Brown. And I think Daredevil is awesome. And Foggy is the best character. And... Hey Defenders Podcast, it's Moira. I watched The Dark at the End of the Tunnel last night, and I wanted to give you my thoughts. Okay, some of the things I loved, I liked the whole Clancy Brown turns out to be a bad guy thing, because that always just makes my soul happy. He's such a good bad guy with those shark eyes. Um, I have to give Karen credit. I would not have recognized... The guy in the picture who was wounded versus the guy in the body bag. Like, even when I went back and looked again, I, I would not have known they were the same guy. So, hey, good for her and her powers of observation. Um, but then later when uh, uh, Frank crashes into them and, you know, he's going to take Clancy Brown out and kill him. Um, and Karen gets all high and mighty and says, if you do this, I'm done with you. I thought to myself, why now are you done with him? Like, does she not... <sighs> Does she not get it that, uh, okay, Clancy Brown is really the reason that his family's dead because he was the drug dealer behind all this? Is she just, you know, she's so astute. She gets all these other nuances and draws all these other conclusions, but that part she misses? 
So I just thought it was funny. She drew the line in the sand there. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Did you think that seemed natural and believable? Did you think it was a bit abrupt? Um, as I obviously said. Oh, and as a general comment, I'm really warming to The Punisher, to Frank Castle as a character. Um, I just, I feel like it's been kind of neat watching him on this journey of his, and I do wonder, now that he's gotten rid of Clancy Brown, what's he going to do next? Well, I mean, he just found this lovely cache of weapons, and he's called The Punisher, so one assumes he's not <laughs> done yet. And then you combine that with the fact that, obviously, the Daredevil is realizing that maybe he needs to rethink his game plan and that maybe what he's doing isn't working and maybe he needs help. So, hey, you can see the beginnings of a collaboration about to start, right? That's all very obviously foreshadowed. Um, but then that takes my next thoughts to Electra. So in, it, was it this episode or the previous? I, know, I ran, ran them all together, so I, forgive me if I'm wrong. But anyway, when she's at the airport saying she's down with New York City, I thought, good, fine, good riddance, see you later. <laughs> Wasn't unhappy about that at all. <laughs> And fine, I get it. So she's a dark sky, and that's why she was in the series in the first place. But here's the thing that puzzles me about that completely. All right, if if Nobu recognized she was the it, like she was the dark sky, then how long has he known that? Because if he's known that, why did he send anybody after her? Or I guess, wait a minute, I take that back. It wasn't the hand that went after her, it, wasn't, it was the corporate. It was the, um, what did they call the Akusa? that went after her. Sorry, okay, fair enough. But still, why were they battling with her at all if they know she is the dark sky? Why like, so confused? Uh, please, please <laughs> clarify for me. Maybe you already have. You probably already have, by the time yeah. you're listening to this, you've already discussed all of it, and I just have to listen, and it all will be clear, right? Right. Uh, a general comment of mine on torture scenes, with the bamboo going in the fingers. I, oh, uh, you know, I just find them so hard to watch. It just made me wince. And I I just don't enjoy them in general. Um, but I did love the little bit about Stick whispering or speaking quietly and Matt hearing him. I love that. I love them using their superpowers of sensory perception in order to get out of that pickle. That was kind of cool. Um, and as far as Matt going there really to save Electra, I think, yeah, Stick called it. That's you know pretty much what's going on. Um, and I don't completely get why. I still, I still don't completely buy it that after 10 years of having no contact with this woman that he's so invested now. Um, and, oh, I was happy to see Foggy say, hey, I'm a kick-ass lawyer. Because, yes, Foggy, yes, you are. And all the Foggy haters yeah. out there can just go and, and you know, sit in the sideline somewhere. Because he really did rock in the courtroom, and I liked him there. Um, anyway, <laughs> so only one more to go. And... A lot of things hopefully get wound up. Uh, all right, so hopefully I'll get my act together and watch the next one and be able to send final feedback to you awesome po folks. I almost called you pokes. I don't know why. <laughs> Thanks so much for all your <laughs> in podcast together. I really do enjoy it. I am behind a couple episodes. I was traveling. I was away, but I will catch up. In fact, I'm about to listen to you while I go out and weed my garden. Yes, I am. So you guys are coming along with me. <laughs> Try to avoid the spiders. They sometimes leap down from the trees uh, and the aphid, things like that. Don't let the little bugs bother you. You know, all mm. things have a right to live life, so don't be swatting at the bugs. And, uh, yeah, you can help me pull some weeds, okay? <laughs> Till next time. Okay. Bye. She's taking us on it. She's taking right, let's, us on let's, uh, let's put on our gloves. <laughs> We're going to a garden like Honey, I we have a lot of questions. Style. <laughs> 
So I think we covered like her questions about Nobu sending people after a lecture because we sort of went into that. But what do you guys think? Like what she said about Karen in terms of Karen giving Frank this ultimatum. Yeah, I mean, she already heard of killing a bunch of people last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like it, I think I like it was just like a last-ditch attempt. Yeah, yeah, I think she wanted to get the shoe over and get the dirt on him and then turn him in before he murdered him. Yeah. So, And that would clear uh, the Punisher's name because it's sort of. I mean, he did murder 30 people. Um, 33 uh, now. Yeah, yeah. Plus <laughs> yeah, 20. Yeah. So yeah. I guess cl- clear his name in the press, <laughs> just like this is why he did it. <laughs> but his yeah, his name's there's no way it's going to be cleared in the press now because yeah, there's nobody who's destroyed the, his chances of clearing his name. But unless he's he should bring the Mandarin, in puts the Mandarin on the stand or something. Oh, the Mandarin. Oh yeah. Right, we have one last wait, email wait, wait, there's other, from. There's another question she had. Oh, uh, uh, what, first, what, off, what? first off, she said something about like why did she? They're like sending the yakuza after Electra, uh, and then they send the hand. I'm like, no, actually, they never sent the yakuza. The, the yakuza was not a part of this. Like the Hiroshi was like, you think we're the yakuza? You know, because it's been the hand mm-hmm. all along. Racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And the last thing I wanted to say was uh, Foggy can't be the best lawyer in, in the world if he's going to go uh, completely botch his case by putting uh, a not-so-stable, not-so-dependable Matt Murdock to testify. Put, first, put his put his uh, defense witness on the stand to t- completely eviscerate his own case and then put the lawyer that's not dependable at all uh, to uh, save save the day by um, – uh, examining him, you know, it, that was a, that was a really dumb move, Foggy, and I don't believe there's any sort of reason you should have done that. Best lawyer ever. Well, he thought that Matt would be able to, to pull out the the spin on it from him being a vigilante too. Yeah, but then he called him out on it when he got out of the course. Of, Wait, what are you what are you doing talking about that shit? Like, yeah. What do you think he was gonna do? He's he. Uh. Because yeah. the only reason why yeah. he gave about like let's bring Matt into this because because it, it's the thing to do because. That's the right thing to do. Like no, he hasn't done that. anything on the case yet. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of working. That's my. I'm such a great lawyer. Look, I won't, will not hear any bad words said about my little foggy bear. Okay. <laughs> okay, Robin. I'm just saying not, he's not, not as it. great as he's cracked up to be. Um, I'm saying if foggy if foggy went to Hogwarts, he'd be a Hufflepuff. So he's on team Hufflepuff for me. Definitely. So I'm just saying. Super. Yeah. Team team Puff Puff Pride. Come on. Just saying. Like, whatever you're talking about is <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, we have one last email from Heidi. <laughs> hey guys, I think this may be the longest episode title for Daredevil. That was some crazy fight between Stick, Electra, and Daredevil. I didn't realise the hand had jumped in for a few seconds, then I realised there was more than three people. It was very dark. Yeah, it was. Also, everyone's wearing like black, red, and like variations of black and red, so sometimes it is... <laughs> Kind of hard to know what's going on, isn't it? At least the avocados are speaking to each other, but I won't be happy until they are avocados at law again. Aww. Matt is going to find lots of pizza boxes down there. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if he just like it was just like he just found a pizza box. The camera just panned past it. Just suddenly oh, in the background. So yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing. And a dead mutant um, turtle right beside it. <laughs> <laughs> with a sign, it's just. <laughs> 
Oh, Karen is always in danger. I'm reminded of Dawn's in trouble. Must be a Tuesday uh, from Buffy. She always manages to find the bad guy and get way too close. Agreed. So Electra is a weapon. What does that mean? Was she engineered? I'm not sure I get it. Is this how it is in the comics? I don't know much about her at all. Well, I can't wait to watch the next episode. The little preview image is Daredevil and Karen. Oh, spoilers, Heidi, spoilers. Yes, I am still shipping them, but less than the avocados at this point. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, hey, Heidi. They're on the same show. <laughs> they're on the same show, yeah. Hey, uh, there's, I'm sorry, there's one more thing I forgot to mention, and it was the conversation between Karen and Shunover, uh, where he says that um, uh, the Frank used to, like, annoy everybody uh, when they were out on a sci-fi okay, yeah. singing some sort of song from a kid's TV show. And all I could think of was, like, Frank going, I love you. <laughs> Shut up, See, Frank. All, <laughs> all I could think of, because it was Clancy Brown, all I could think of was, who lives in a pineapple <laughs> under the sea? <laughs> It could be Where's Gary Mel from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, which I know you love. I love that. <laughs> I love how he said it went through the whole crib like a virus. Yeah. Yeah, it just went through like all of them. Oh. It would be great if like as as he's dragging like um Clancy Brown through the woods, Clancy Brown is like singing it under his breath and he's like, Oh damn it! <laughs> damn it, that's gonna be stuck in my head all month. <laughs> and Frank's like, not for long, bang. <laughs> Oh, anyway, thank you so much for all the feedback, guys. We we love getting your emails and your voicemails. You guys are the best. So now it's time to rate the episode. And uh, Elizabeth, would you like to go first? Okay. Um, my overall thoughts and score. I had a little notes. Uh, so I like the fact that we finally know who all the players are in it, uh, with the uh, the colonel now being revealed and and all that stuff. Um, even if it was kind of a Frank line versus a branching off into a Frank story. Um, I do like the fact that they resolved Frank's story, so now that we can concentrate on Daredevil for the final. Um, I liked the fact that they did Elektra's origin story, kind of, although we still don't know, like, on the, uh, the, the message, whether or not she was, like, did someone make her, or did, was she actually born and then someone mm. stole her? Like, what is the background of that? But um, either way, it's a lot more interesting than the Electra in the comic books, or definitely more than in the movie. So. Oh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. So uh, I thought it was interesting, even though it doesn't follow canon. Um, and I like that, uh, or that Matt and Foggy actually had some time together, even though it was sad. Um, there were a lot of questions left unanswered, which sort of bugs me about the Kandahar thing and Electra's pre-stick origin and also Karen's past. They, they had hints of all three things in this one episode and they didn't clarify any of them. So that was a little annoying. <laughs> but it was still kept my interest, so I liked it. So I rated it 8 out of 10 fancy ninjas in training. <laughs> fancy, fancy. Fancy! Cool. Robin? Yeah, um, I liked uh, I liked half this episode, but it's not like uh, a, a five for me because because it's just there's so much awesome in the episode that I, I would feel really bad to give it a five. Uh, the the Punisher storyline again, it's just not connected to Daredevil at all. I mean, the Daredevil sometimes sweeps it sweeps in and stops him from killing, but then again, he gets to like gut people in diners and shoot people in the head and discover mystical uh, 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 
sheds full of weapons. <laughs> uh, uh, so I don't know. I, I guess Clan- the the presence of Clancy Brown really uh, made it that that side of the story a lot uh, more interesting to me because I like Clancy Brown. But again, it's like this, just like A to B to C plot. There's no like clues or anything that are that are getting you. Like, yeah, that that henchman was blonde, but that didn't give me any indication that uh, this, this is a guy that worked for Clancy Brown before. There's nothing I could puzzle out on my own. I just had to follow A to B to C. Like, so what's about Kandahar? From 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 the sounds of what Elizabeth's saying, we're not going to find anything about Kandahar next episode. I have no idea. Uh, I was kind of hoping we would. That way, just whatever the end of the story is, it's like finished. It's like this book is bad, but I'm going to finish it, I guess. Because uh, <laughs> it's just not interesting at all. The Electra Daredevil uh, stick side of things, I am totally into. It has something to actually has something to do with Daredevil, the main character of the story. Uh, and uh, it's as crazy as I thought. I, 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 I was so against like when we were watching reading the uh comic books i was so like whatever about the supernatural stuff but now i'm finding it even more interesting especially just that whole like electra is this evil thing that's being corrupted by a light side kind of way of thinking I, it's interesting to me so uh i know people are probably feeling the opposite of that so i'll let you speak but uh i'm gonna give it, i'm also gonna give it a eight out of ten what was that what was my rating system Oh, uh, mythical pieces of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew? Mm, I feel the opposite. I don't really like... I knew it. (laughs) I don't really like (laughs) all the... Yeah, the mystical stuff and the one, like the chosen one. I've seen so many chosen one stories in my life. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, Especially when they're connected to, like, an Asian theme. Yeah. Um, Uh, and yeah, I agree with what you said that the Punisher feels like he's on his own show at this point and he's dragged Karen along with him. Uh, the action was good. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I like the way the, the season has gone, the direction as much. Um, I'll give it a a seven out of 10 breathy ninjas. (laughs) Ninja size. Uh, Melanie. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I agree with both Matt and Robin. <laughs> As you should. Whoa! <laughs> Controversial. I, I, I agree with the story part that you said. Like, it was a little bit hard to follow. Like, like the A to B to C, whatever. Like, it's... It, you're right. It is a little bit... You know, it's... I I you can figure out on your own. It's just there. It's, we're yeah. just going to find out another thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh, so, yeah... Uh, I found it entertaining though. Like I, I found it a lot more compelling than the last few episodes I've seen. Uh, maybe it's because I could see what was happening a lot better. Maybe we should just start watching these episodes at night. There's no glare on the TV. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyways, I know it's a lame excuse for not enjoying an episode, but I'm a very visual person. So anyways, I'm gonna steal a page from Sedna's uh, feedback, and I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten Wolverine manicures. <laughs> so last week, um, big glare on the yeah. TV, huh? Yeah, last few weeks, actually. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I liked parts of this episode. Some parts I didn't. Um, I agree with Matt. I'm a bit like, ugh, with Chosen One stuff. Um, 
I understand sometimes you you need it in story storytelling. Um, I've had a lot of it recently because I've been watching Penny Dreadful and it appears in that, and it's never something that I'm a big fan of um, in in stories. Um, I like that we get the backstory of Electra and Stick. I think it makes Stick a more interesting character. I like all the stuff with Clancy Brown because, come on, he's the best. He's Brother Justin from Carnival. He's awesome. Um, I I wish there'd been more between Matt and Foggy. Um, I wish there'd been more Matt in this rather than so much Daredevil. Um, but I I liked bits of it. Um, I like that Foggy is, like, a bit more mature now, and I, I, I just want to give him a hug. Um, so I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 avocado breakups. That gives us a 7.6. Cool, cool. Cool. Uh, so now I am going to thank Elizabeth for being our guest. And this is your first podcast, isn't it, Elizabeth? It is. I am a podcast newbie. So I have nothing to, uh, nothing to advertise. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I was going to say we like to we like to bring people into podcasting, you know, like Megan last week and you this week. Um, do you, is there anything like obviously you don't do any podcasts? Do you do any blogs or anything? Or is there any anything if, that you don't do yourself but you would like to promote anyway because you enjoy it on the internet? Um, well, I enjoy the other Murdoch papers, which actually introduced me to listening to podcasts. In oh, place. agreed. Um, yeah, so I had never actually listened to a podcast until those ones started popping up and I was like, Oh, what is this? Perhaps I should download it and listen to it. And it uh, so I am not, uh, yeah, I don't have any blogs myself. I, I'm more of a commenter. I lurk on the internet more than anything else. <laughs> Lurking is good. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. And, um, lovely, uh, co-host. Do you have anything to plug for this week? Uh, I was just, we're about halfway through season four of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> And uh, yeah, much like uh, much like the Punisher, it's turning into be it's turning out to be uh, Pacey's Creek. You know, the Punisher <laughs> is the Pacey of Daredevil. Well, Pacey is better than Dawson. Yeah, you suddenly like, like, why am I spending uh, like I don't I don't you know why am I spending so much time with Pacey? It's Dawson's Creek, but you know whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's called We Don't Want to Wait. If anybody is actually interested in listening to somebody and two people talking about four to five episodes of Dawson's Creek a week, as if you could keep up with that, we can barely do that. Anyway, I've never seen that show. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to talk about. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I stopped watching after the first season. I only saw the odd episode because my housemate watched that and uh, One Tree Hill and The OC, so I saw the odd episode of all of. We're them. probably going to be covering One Tree Hill in the future, and that's that's exciting because I've never even seen that show. There was an episode that had a zombie in it. That's the only thing I remember. Awesome, sold. Yeah, that's the, literally the only thing that stuck in my head about One Tree Hill. Um, Matt and Mel, obviously Twin Peaks isn't back yet, but anything else to promote? Uh, Hooplecast, Deadwood Podcast. And Matt is wrong about games. And Matt is still wrong about games, yep. oh, is, isn't he? Are you yeah. almost done with Hooplecast yeah, now? Is that a ten, season, ten episode season? I think, uh, I think we're like halfway through it. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe I'm a bit more. Than done, but I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to you guys covering HBO shows. I think that would be yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. cool. So next week is the season finale, guys. I know you're sad. Don't let don't let your tears fall before you can sell them to gypsies. Um, and next week's episode is called "A Cold Day in Hell's Kitchen." 
Any predictions, guys? Uh, reverse climate change. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That's it. Well, uh, that's what's that's what's in Nobu's big vault is reverse climate change. Nobu's actually a good guy. He wants to like he's trying to help the Earth, but in doing so, he didn't realize that like reversing climate change would make it reverse all the way around <laughs> and create a really climate and everybody like is going to rally up against him and kill him because they all hate cold weather (laughs) (laughs) nobody likes nobody likes shoveling except for me i enjoy shoveling i'm a weird you love it that's why you live in canada that's the only reason obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah i swear like is there a mr freeze of the marvel universe (laughs) oh yeah Ice. Ice Man. There's Ice Man. Ice going to show up and save the day. He's going to cast <laughs> yeah. those like ice sheets all over Hell's Kitchen as he's skating up. Robin, you and then he's just going to skate away. Robin, you you subconsciously already know what's going to happen since you. <laughs> That's true. Slept. You slept through it already. So. Hey, I know. Robin, what does your heart tell you? I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. It's going to be the ice capades. But Daredevil. Oh, oh! He's gonna have little skates that come out of his boots, like in Batman and Robin, where Batman and Robin had little skates that came out of their yeah. boots. Oh, that'd be adorable. Well, we shall find out. Um, so yeah, we shall find out next week. Um, however, Elizabeth, our lovely guest, would you like to take us out with an Excelsior until then? Certainly, Excelsior. Ooh, that's good. Hey. Oh, that was a good one as well. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported international license that means you can share it you can send it to your friends you just can't make any money off of it you can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site excelsior